Hey y'all, welcome back to Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. Sultry Rachel. I know. Okay. I want to try something else. Love it. Love it. I like that. I like that. Okay. So coming up, we're going to speak to Victor Tejada because he is actually improving. Oh my God, Rachel, you did this to me. He's actually improving businesses through his food delivery business, Delivery Guys. Also joining us is the young Philly actress who stole our hearts in the Best Man Final Chapter series, who just happens to be the daughter of one of Philly's most famous talkers. Her name is Samantha Smith. But First, around the Philly phase, and Justin, what are we doing? Female chef to check out right now, because it's Women's History Month. I mean, there's so many amazing women chefs in Philadelphia. I'm going to name Chef Darlene Jones with Star Fusion, whether it's Super Bowl or just because you want some amazing wings and great food or wonderful catering. Definitely Chef Darlene. And then Sharice McGill as well. She's also a part of the Sisterhood sit-in trolley tour. She's wonderful. I think my person is on that Sisterhood trolley tour too, Rachel. Blue Kind, you know, former Love and Grit guest. You know her from Franny Lou's Porch. (laughs) That special place named after two abolitionists. Yeah, that's all you need to know. That's why that's my favorite place. And all the food and the drinks are good. Mm -hmm. And just if you're not familiar with the Sisterhood sit-in trolley tour, that was created by Harriet's Bookshop, Janine Cook, and it's supporting Black women-owned businesses. And we're so happy to be a part of that, one of the partners associated with it. We love it. It's a great time. All right. So mine is Amanda Shulman. She's from Her Place Supper Club. She's like blown up. Number one restaurant. In oh, that's a small place, right? That's like that small yeah. place you got to. And everybody eats the same thing at the same time. And she makes things for two weeks at a time. So Ooh. you get on on a Sunday at six o'clock and you have to make your reservations. Usually they're all gone by 6.01. It's wow. become like the most popular place in Philly. And she has this personality to match. And she's going to become like a national star. She's about to open a second restaurant with her fiance, which will be in Center City too. See, so. Justin, you need to have your own food list because you'll be up in all these people's business and knowing what I'm they I love hungry. it. Yeah. Text me. I'll give you a list. Y'all heard that? All right. That was you. That was for you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's get started. Understand this. Victor Tejada moved to Philly from the Dominican Republic just before the pandemic hit. In that short span of time, he learned the ins and outs of food delivery apps by actually working for them. In that short span of time, he figured out what needed to be changed and built his own food delivery app. His app would offer drivers significantly more, help small business owners keep more profit, and employ drivers in the communities where they live. Yes, this is Delivery Guys. We were so excited for you when we You're a fangirl. I mean, let's be honest. You're the fangirl. I am. Okay, so let me paint this picture. So the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, each year they have an event. It's the Excellencia in Hispanic Business Awards. And so we saw Victor there and we're like, we should go up to him, invite him on the podcast. Do you know his squad was so deep? He had so many people with him, including someone from the Dominican Republic Embassy, is it? Yeah. He had so many notable people with him, like his amazing wife. So we were just really excited, not only for you to be receiving that award, but for you to agree to come to the podcast because you're doing amazing work for our region, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for inviting me. Tell us about how you got the company started and why. Why? 
because I feel like, let me explain the situation. I started working at the Libre Guy for a DoorDash, Uber, GitHub, or the companies in the middle of the pandemic because it was no work. The pandemic was really busy in the delivery side of the business, right? Mm-hmm. So we making like a, a really good volume of orders every day. But I learn and I see 90% of the orders go to 4% of the restaurants, like Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, stuff like that. Ah, uh, okay. It's going to the franchises. They pay more. They have special agreements. They have more publicity. Right, the they're promoted I, more heavily. Yeah. The restaurant I like to go, mm-hmm. I never get order for these restaurants. So I say, why? Why? Why that happen? Why these people don't have orders? Why these people don't have delivery? And I was thinking it's a delivery problem. So I started working with my small delivery company. I started doing some developer job, create an app, and let's go to the community and let's promote my app. Mm -mm. You made it sound so simple. So you charge the restaurant less. Yeah, we charge 50% only. And then you pay the drivers more. Yeah. Mm. How many drivers do you have that you're able to do that? We have more than... 98 hundreds. Where can people find the app? Is it just Philadelphia? Actually, we just launched in New York and we launched in Miami too. The way it's working, because the company is changed a lot from the mm. beginning. We pivoting a lot. In the beginning, we're thinking another problem. We believe the problem the restaurant have, the small restaurant have, is more they need drivers to do the orders, right? Mm. So we tend to simplify all the process so they can get more orders, but that's not the problem they have. The problem is they don't get volume of orders. So we start talking with the people have all the volumes mm-hmm. over DoorDash, GitHub. So we say, how we can fix this problem? They say to me, hey, you are my competition. There's no way we're going to do something for you. So the only way we can work is if you close your marketplace, so you don't want to sell more order to the public, we can give you a special agreement. So we're going to send the order to you, to your restaurants, so you can do the delivery for these people. And we can have the chance to negotiate between of Uber, DoorDash, GitHub, and my mm-hmm. small restaurant people. So we have the bigger marketplace in the world, and we can promote more and more the small people. And I can give you a sample. Christina Martinez. She's she a James play. Beard winning chef. She has two restaurants in Philadelphia. She's killing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. She used to pay 30%. We couldn't have 50%. We do the delivery. Uber, DoorDash, GitHub, send the order to us. And we can do it with the 50%. Because right now, they don't have to worry too much about the delivery side of the business. We worry about that part. And the reason why we can afford to do it with less money is because we have more volume from the same place. Because remember, mm-hmm. one driver do the order from DoorDash, GitHub, and Uber. So we simplify the process and the same driver can do the order for three different companies plus their own order. So we have like a four or five channels to get the volume and we simplify the volume in only one route. So every of my driver, he can do two, three orders at the same time. Before, when I used to work with DoorDash, for example, I'm working in Chick-fil-A. I can see how my partners, my people working with me, he worked for GitHub. Another one working with DoorDash and mm-hmm. another one with Uber. We take three orders on the same time. And everybody go to the same place, but everybody have to take the order because the company, they don't connect with each other. Ah, okay. So, okay. so in my case, we consolidate all the orders in a better price. And because one driver can do more orders, the driver can make more money. Plus the restaurant can pay less fee. And the big company, they don't have to worry about the driver part of the business. 
So it's really win, win, win. Exactly. You have a lot of diversity within your business. Is it over 50% of your drivers are women? I think right now it's it's more than 50%, actually. That's impressive. Do you feel like you've also been heavily embraced by your community? Because I know that like on the East Coast, especially between New York and Philadelphia, it's a huge Dominican population, huge like Latin population. Do you feel like that too has helped you to build your business? You've been embraced in that way? Yes, but I feel like uh, all the community give me a really good support, not only the Dominican community. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I have to say thank you, thank you, thank you many times to the Afro-American community, the Asian community. I don't know. They only have to say is thank you because they really nice. They help me. The restaurant, they spend time with me, explain me the problem, how we can fix some of this problem. Now, when we're thinking about the percent we get, mm. we think it's too much. Either 50% is too much because this is the profit of the restaurant. Let me explain it this way. If you have a business, how much you're going to get in the end of the year? 10%, 50%? This is the profit of a normal business, right? So if we take 50%, maybe we take the profit of the business. But what happened? The business is good. They make more volume. Yes, but I think we need something more. And now we're thinking how we can get the people going back to the restaurant, either if we don't make money when the people are going back to the restaurant. But mm. I want to make sure that people can feel the experience. It's not the same to eat South Philly barbacoa in your house or eat South Philly barbacoa. Wait, so now you're competing against yourself. You're trying to figure out a way to compete against your business. This is amazing. For the good of the people. For the good of the people. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. find a way. Like I explained for all my customers, for example, if it, a normal basket size is $40, that means you give me $6-$7 per order. When we do the delivery in the tracking link, why mm. we don't offer $6-$7 a margarita for free, something, so the people come to the location next time. Something like, hey, we want to see you. Come and enjoy a free margarita. Right, with so this then coupon. it becomes a referral business too. I have a marketing question for you. How have you promoted it? Do the restaurants promote it? And has that helped? Like they got their audience to buy in or how have you gotten so many users? Okay. In my case, my client is the restaurant. The people who buy the food is the consumer. That's the way I see. Okay. Right now, it's two ways. The big company, they promote us. This is number one, because we say, hey, we want to make sure the restaurant working with us have the same exposure, like McDonald's, Chifile, or whatever. So they spend money with us in marketing for small restaurants. This is number one. And number two, the restaurant by themselves, they promote to the people to buy their food. Right. So we don't spend too much time in promotion. And, and nobody spends time in promotion. Uber, DoorDash, the big company, they don't spend because in the end, it's the people promote their own restaurant. Remember, this mm-hmm. is a marketplace. Yeah. So you have to do the job, you know? But their Uber Eats commercials and DoorDash, at some point, it felt like competition was getting thick. And they were like, no, nah, we got to do a little extra. They're doing this just to be in your mind, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, front ahead, because they want to be the ones that you open when you scroll and you don't know what you want. Exactly. But it's not about a specific consumer. I think there's something so interesting there. And that's where marketing lies, is that everything is so targeted now. And Mm. so people who love restaurants, family restaurants, local restaurants, want to support them. And so Mm. if they ask them to use a specific app that's going to help them and help the driver, of course, 
their customers are going to say yes. So it just makes sense to build community too, but you're getting to the right people without having to do that advertising. In my case, I want to make sure I'm doing something good for my community and for my small restaurants I work in for. Mm. That, that's why I tend to bring the people back to the restaurant. Because if you lose South Philly Barbacoa, for example, and you don't have the time to go over there, you're going to order. And the option is going to be me for sure. Is when I'm going to make money. But I hope, you can come to the location, see the experience, meet the people, because it's going to be a completely different experience if you go over there. Because in the end, we're going to make money anyway. The people, they're going to order the food. It's not always you have the chance to go to the restaurant. So if you don't feel like it's the best time to go to a restaurant and you want to eat something in your house, okay, we're here. But we want you come to the restaurant one day because the experience is different. It's totally different. This is part of the new economy, right? We talk about a changing economy because of digital. You're on the bubble. I feel like Philly's on the bubble in that way too, because is it just me or are we one of those rare cities that also has a couple of different delivery apps that are sub under these main ones that are right. national? Absolutely. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. They do different things in themselves. They all have their own different personalities. And everybody <laughs> seems to be making money, which is great. No, no, Philadelphia is amazing. I can mention two or three companies. We do the same thing else and they really good. Back and Mover is one example. Yeah. This is doing really good. I was hoping everybody is like so friendly and like just cool and brothers in the system, you know, and it's in it. They expanding yeah. to Georgia and another community. And this is great if you want to try something more from the South, mm-hmm. you know, more Afro-American. If you want like a really, really good food, maybe Back and Mover is the best option. You know, and it's nice to the people can have this option. I, I don't feel like nobody compete with the market. Good. It, it's, it's like an ocean. So you take water from the ocean. You, you can take any water you want and the ocean is going to have the same level. The people eat every day and this community is huge. And, and Philadelphia is, I don't know, this city has something with this attitude, you know, only this city has. What's up, y'all? This is your boy, Adam Blackstone. Don't forget to check me out on Love & Grit Podcast because I, I am Philly. Being a 14-year-old working actress is what Philly's own Samantha Smith knows best. And after booking national commercials, many voiceover gigs, and a supporting role on The Last OG, it is her latest role in the Best Man Final Chapters that has everyone asking, who is this girl, and is it me, or does that face look familiar? Well, her name is Sammy Smith, and yeah, there's a little something familiar about her beyond her Philly roots. Let's welcome her to Love & Grip. How did you even first get started with acting? Well, when I was younger, people used to tell me, you know, you have such a bubbly personality. You're so lively. You're so entertaining. Like, I used to be that little girl who would walk into Target all dressed up in her princess dress and her wigs. And I was just always on 10. People would tell me that I should start performing and getting into the entertainment industry. So I tried it. And I ended up loving it. And I just have never stopped since. As you were talking about becoming an actress in Philadelphia, what were some of the things that you you did in Philadelphia to help you become a better actress? I've just grown up in Philly. Like, I've just always been here. My mom is from West Philly and my dad's from Queens. We would just do things like when I was younger, going to like the Franklin Institute and like the Police Touch Museum and stuff. Like when I was a little kid, it's just like you had to do that. And, you know, going there once, I ended up being there every weekend. So being in Philly and just watching like 
the grind and love and grit. Everybody's just like, they hustle and everybody's just so determined here. And I feel like I've just learned from all of the people around me growing up in an environment like Philly, where everybody supports everybody. I mean, it's just contributed to my dedication to acting. Say she a Philly girl. My girl knows how to give a sound. Thank you, boo. Can I tell you how excited I am to meet you? We love the show. And I think we loved the show even before you were on it. Okay. <laughs> before you were born. <laughs> what is it like to be a part of this legacy and a part of this culture phenomenon that for years, the following that is associated with this series? It's intimidating working with so many of these like big actors that I've looked up to for so, so long and like iconic black movies that you just had to watch growing up being a young black girl. Getting to work with these people is just like amazing. And it's obviously initially scary, but everybody's just so down to earth and genuine. And it was it was a great experience. Was there a person that when you heard you book for the role that you were like, I'm going to be working with who? Nia Long, for sure, was one. Absolutely. But number two, I guess, Regina Hall, because she was my mom. What? Like dramatic and comedic all in one person. Yes. So right now I see you, right? And I see your style and yes. And, you know, everything that you have going on. So what was it like being styled for the show? Were you Mm. get to have input or is it like, oh, okay, I just have to match the character. And what was that like? I'd say for a lot of the roles that I've gotten auditions for and I've played, sometimes you have to dress in a way that isn't you at all, but you just have to remember that you're just playing the character. But I feel like because I'm so similar to Kelly, my character in the Mm -hmm. show, it wasn't like I needed to put in any input. Like they would be like, oh, do you think this is cute? How do you like this? And they were so sweet about it, but they're so professional and they just know what they're doing. It's like, You guys got it. I'm going to just sit back, try on the clothes, and whatever you guys pick, I trust it. Obviously, sports is a big part of Philly and obviously a big part of your family. For people who don't know, your dad is the great Stephen A. Smith. I just heard his interview on Howard Stern. He was talking about how you and how important family is to him. When you think about him and how impactful his words are, and then he's out there talking about you to all of America while he's doing his book tour, how does that make you feel? Well, it makes me feel really, really excited. He's been working on his new book, Straight Shooter, and he's been working on it for so, so long. And, you know, it's just been taking a lot out of him and he's just been grinding and getting it done. And I'm just proud of him that he gets to accomplish something like this. This is an amazing milestone in his life. But I mean, it's cool that I'm a part of the book. I mean, he's my dad, but it's cool that he represents me and represents his family and represents his roots. And mm. I'm really proud of him. Yeah. It was cool to see y'all in the same project together because I just thought about that. I was like, he was in the best man final chapter. <laughs> yeah, he was. What's the five year plan? Ooh, well, I had always been interested in broadcast journalism. So even though sometimes I like being, you know, in front of the screen and acting. Can we have, we should have a conversation. Yes, yes. I've always been interested in being behind the scenes, like whether that ends up being directing or screenwriting or even, like I said, broadcast journalism. And Mm -hmm. randomly, I've always been interested in criminal law, too. I'm all over the place. The greatest part about 14. I mean, right now, obviously, I'm focusing on acting, but... 
my dream college is USC. So hopefully I'll be attending there to whatever my dream is at the moment. I assume that it's going to include acting because it always does. But, you know, maybe I can do acting and other stuff as well. But I'm excited to see what I decide to do. We're excited to watch you do it. I am. (laughs) I'm curious how this reoccurring role on the Best Man Final Chapters, has that boosted you up a little bit now when you're going to do auditions and whatnot? I see everybody on a level playing field. There was a point in time where I didn't get any opportunities and I was looking for, you know, something to do to offer that big break to me. That doesn't mean that I don't have as much talent as other girls who I'm competing against. So I honestly think that it's all dependent on talent and obviously the resume contributes to that. But mm. I'm just like, all right, I did it. It was an amazing experience. On to the next. Like, what am I on to next? And, you know, I just do my best and put my best work out there. And if a role is meant for me, then it'll be mine. And if it isn't, then there's something that God has in store for me that's better. I love this. We're excited uh, for I you. mean, yeah. you get bigger. I don't want you to forget about old little love and grit. Right. I, and Rachel, no. go and take our phone calls. Rapid fire with their questions. <laughs> when you're on that red carpet and we want to Yeah, no, no, again. seriously. Don't forget about us because we'll be watching your star soar. She got another big project that's about to come out. Can you tell the people? Yes, I can tell you some about it. Not too much. Okay. But Marseille Martin is producing a new show for Disney and it's called Saturdays and it's based around roller skating. So I did have to learn how to like professionally roller skate for the show, which was so awesome. And it's coming out soon. I can't say when, but really, really soon. And I'm really excited. I come in at the end of the series, but it's going to be really, really good. I can't say too much, but you guys should definitely go watch it. (laughs) We appreciate you listening. And as always, we'd love if you'd like us, review us, rate us, love us, as Rachel would say. And check us out on social media at Love Grit Philly. Thank you for listening. 